Hello and welcome to the Freely Yourself podcast, where we talk all things God's glory, swimming upstream, and being your true, authentic self. I'm your host, Eve, and I'm so glad you're here with me today. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I really hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, hello. Okay, great. Episode one. Wow. Thank you guys so much for listening and tuning into Freely Yourself. Um, as I said before, my name is Eve and this is my first podcast as well as the first episode. So super excited. I was planning on kickstarting Freely Yourself over the summer when I had more time because currently I'm a senior communication student in college. But um, if you're listening to this in March, we are all currently locked in our homes So I thought, what a better time to start my podcast than right now because I will never have this much free time ever again. Don't worry, I'm not going to be talking about the coronavirus in this podcast episode, but the quarantine does tie into the topic very well because for this episode, I did want to talk about excessive social media use um, and being able to moderate your amount of social media and even phone use in general. It is something I'm really passionate about. I've taken several social media fasts. I'm really not that active on many social media platforms anymore, and I'm still trying to cut back, but I did want to talk about moderating your social media and platform use and your phone in general, so I really hope you guys enjoy this topic, and what a better time to talk about it than when we all have an abundance of free time on our hands, which can be a huge catalyst for jumping on your phone and spending hours scrolling through Instagram, which I think we're all, including myself, guilty of. So I really started to get interested in my own personal phone use last summer. It all kind of came about when at the end of the week you would get this report saying how many hours you would spend on your phone, which is crazy to even say hours you've spent on your phone because you would think that with how quickly those times go by, it would only be minutes. And, you know, those five minutes you spent scrolling through Instagram on the waiting room You know, it didn't really seem like anything big at the moment, but then when at the end of the week you see that you've spent eight hours among your social media platforms, those little five-minute increments really do add up. In fact, the average American spends almost two and a half hours on their phone a day. So this is something that I feel like everyone can relate to, which is why I am super interested in the topic and kind of why we're all, you know, very interested and almost addicted to our devices. With that in mind, my first social media fast did start that same summer, and I deleted Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Snapchat. Snapchat was the hardest to get rid of because I do use it to talk to my out-of-state friends. Being in college, obviously, not all of your friends are in the same state as you, so um, I did have to let them know, hey, I'm taking a break, but it was all fine because once I came back, we all restarted our streak, so everything's good now, but it was probably the hardest one to get rid of because I had to consciously know that I wouldn't be able to talk to these people who I was used to talking to every single day. So what is the first result that I had? Well, the first was that I started investing so much more time into my relationship with the Lord. I was doing Bible study every single day, and you don't really acknowledge how much your phone distracts you from time with the Lord because I know that I would go on my phone to Google say a word that I read in a verse while doing a Bible study, get a Snapchat notification and see, oh, okay, someone messaged me. But then, 
you don't realize that that one minute you were supposed to spend to Google just the definition of a word now turned into five minutes because you were messaging someone and starting a conversation with them on their social media. So um, I did start devoting a lot more time to the Lord and it was really nice to kind of just sit down and do my in-depth Bible study without any distractions and, you know, have to immediately respond to people or feel guilty if I didn't send a Snapchat back right away. Now, the next thing that I accomplished as a result of my fast, which you can tell made me super happy, was I didn't read just one book. I read three books. A lot of people suggest that in order to get rid of a habit, you must substitute it with another habit. So instead of getting my entertainment from, say, YouTube, I decided to substitute that need for entertainment and content by reading a book. Also, not to brag, but one of the books I read was around 500 pages. It was called The Fifth Season. Super, super interesting fantasy novel. Highly recommend. But I have never read a book that large before, and I do like to read, but I find that I just it takes a lot of effort for me to sit down and actually read, so I'm pretty proud of the fact that one of the three books I read was around 500 pages, which is crazy to think about. The third and final result that came out of my fast doesn't seem like it has any correlation, I promise I'll go into more detail about it, but it's that I actually don't wear any makeup anymore. I go completely bare face everywhere I go, and I don't wear makeup except it unless it's for a um, fancy occasion of which I now just wear like a little bit of concealer and do my eyebrows a little bit. This is a major step for me because I used to never leave my house without a full face of makeup on. Nothing against makeup artists because I firmly believe that makeup artists and designers create the most beautiful, astonishing designs and looks. So a thousand percent credit to them because you all are amazing, but I wasn't wearing makeup for the satisfaction of myself. I was wearing makeup solely to impress other people. Because of social media, I was constantly living in this world of comparison and always comparing my looks to others and my face to others and I found that I wasn't wearing makeup because it made me feel good. I was wearing makeup because I wanted to impress the people that I was interacting with and around. Social media has a lot of influencers and models and I found that all of that beauty I was constantly comparing myself to really made me self-conscious about the content I was posting. Every picture I took was staged. I was always positioning myself in these certain ways so that, you know, it made me feel more confident, but in reality I felt like I was just posting that because that's what I knew people wanted to see, not because it actually brought me joy and I really appreciated the photo. This kind of coincided with my deepened relationship with the Lord because the more I learned about how worthy my body is and how much the Lord likes me for me, the more I realized that, you know, why am I so caught up in comparing myself to others when in the Lord's eyes I am perfectly made, I am beautifully made, and I shouldn't be super self-conscious and disappointed in my natural looks because that is how the Lord knit me in my mother's womb. Now I don't want to make it seem like, oh, it's just super easy to, you know, love yourself because I'm nowhere near at that point either. I still struggle with my complexion at times, but the whole process has really helped me see how important it is to find comfort in your natural beauty and I think being able to detract the social media really helped me minimize my amount of comparison and really helped me come to terms with how I naturally look. I just want to be clear that the way you go about removing these social media platforms off of your phone 
is not going to be the same process as other people. I found it to be most effective of just taking all of those apps and deleting them all at the same time, but for others this isn't as easy and that's totally understandable. I would really recommend going into your phone settings and there's a feature where you can actually set a time limit as to how long you should spend on each app. Um, I know I use it for, for YouTube because I love YouTube and I'm always on it and definitely lose track of time when I'm on it. So I go into that feature and I set it so that after an hour has passed of me using YouTube, I will get a notification while using the app that, hey, you've reached your time limit, do you want to keep going? Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But that's a really great way to help alleviate you know, the process of removing social media. And also it's great for just helping you stay aware of how much time you're spending on each platform. If you're like me and you do just want to delete them all together, one way to help me prevent from re-downloading them was I would go to Google and actually type in the name of the platform and then go through all the steps of logging in, going through the messages and using basically like the desktop site on the mobile phone to navigate through the site. This made it so that it was just so much longer to use. It kind of took the fun out of it, I guess, the interest out of it. And I had to put in way more effort to use Facebook because um, I did it for Facebook. So because it took way more effort, eventually over time I was just like, okay, this is too much for me. I'm just not going to go on it. Like whatever is there can wait until whenever. So that is a different method that I use that really helped me if, you know, like me, you just want to delete all the apps um, and also have a habit of re-downloading them after. Okay, so don't worry, I'm going to step off of my soapbox now, but I did want to go a bit more in detail about some scientific research about social media use and how it does affect mental health, specifically with self-confidence and depression. One article in the U.S. National Library of Medicine actually talks about how people who use a lot of social media tend to actually feel lonelier as a result of it, mainly because their intensive use of online communication decreases the amount of communication they're having in quote-unquote real life. This means that they're spending so much time, say, messaging a friend through Facebook that they're not actually feeling that comfort of a physical person next to them if they were communicating with a friend or family member in real life and sitting by them and having a face-to-face -face conversation. That website actually also goes on to talk about comparison and how people tend to feel lonely if they're active on social media excessively because, say, on a platform like Facebook or Instagram where people tend to post if they're on vacation or they just got engaged, People who maybe haven't achieved those milestones yet or maybe aren't able to go on these type of vacations, at least not right now, they tend to compare themselves and wonder, well, their lives are really interesting and exciting, but mine aren't because I'm not able to go to the Bahamas for a spring break or I'm not able to get engaged right now. That article actually also talks about comparison as well and says how people with excessive social media use tend to feel lonely because when they go on a platform, say like Facebook or Instagram, and they see people posting about their extravagant vacations, their engagements, their relationships, their new job offers, people tend to feel like their life isn't as, as exciting or interesting because maybe they haven't achieved those milestones just yet or maybe going to the Bahamas just isn't a feasible option for them at this moment. I feel like this is kind of where the concept of FOMO comes into play, which is the fear of missing out because a lot of people think that because someone's going to the Bahamas for a vacation, they're missing out on an extravagant, amazing life when in reality we all have our own way of going about things and sometimes we just have to do things on our own time so we shouldn't compare ourselves and fall into comparison because others are out doing things and experiencing different parts of life at a different time than you are. 
On that same token, Forbes actually goes on to talk about how validation is a major part of social media and really contributes to depression because if we are posting about these amazing life experiences we've had and maybe we're sitting there refreshing on our Instagram and not getting a lot of likes or comments and engagements in general, we feel like we're not being validated and become self-conscious or kind of like me, insecure that we're not producing good content or not being acknowledged in society. I'm actually taking a course right now about social media and it's kind of funny because one of the TED Talks we watched discussed how the word feed came about for social medias and how we're constantly feeding on new information and I guess you could say in this context we're feeding on validation and approval from society so I just thought that was really interesting but I know I always say that it's no coincidence that Instagram is just this bottomless feed of new content where you can just keep scrolling and keep scrolling for hours on end and truly it makes sense now how I would end my week with eight hours of time spent on my phone because you do really get caught up and addicted to this constant movement of scrolling and feeding on new information. I've actually been at a conference before where we've gone and exchanged contact information, you know, they give me their LinkedIn profile, I give them theirs, and we're all kind of in a group going around exchanging per profile information. And there's been people that have said, oh, I don't have an Instagram or I don't have a LinkedIn right now. And people look at them and they're confused. Like they're actually baffled that they don't have social media. And they're like, well, why not? You know, you should get one, make one right now. And there's just this pressure that there needs to be a profile to be accepted you know or um there have been people i've known where they don't have an instagram account and they they've told me they've told people that and they're shocked they're like how do you survive you know and we don't think about it like that but it's true there are definitely people out there who i'm sure have felt really insecure about maybe not having a twitter account or um, facebook profile because they don't feel comfortable sharing things about themselves online or you know, publicly discussing content about themselves and they're kind of ashamed for it. And I think as a group, we all need to collectively come together and say it's okay for people to not have social media platforms. It's okay if people don't want to be on their phone 24-7 because there are people out there who just don't have an interest in that. And I'm sorry, but I wish so badly sometimes that I didn't have a smartphone because I feel like if we could just go back to simpler times where everyone had Nokia's or, you know, the LG flip phones, you know, things would be so much easier and there wouldn't be as much judgment or comparison, like I said before, going on in society. That was a lot of talking. I'm so sorry. But like I said, this is something I'm really passionate about. And also, if you hear a dog barking, that is my neighbor's dog. She's a sweetheart, but she's pretty talkative. So just ignore that for the time being. Now, while I don't want this to be a podcast talking about the quarantine, as I said before, I do think it's important that since we have so much time on our hands, figuring out how to put the phone down for a little bit and figure out what better ways we can start using our time to, you know, increase productivity and help the time pass because this is going to feel like the longest month in our lives if we're just laying in bed like me being a couch potato. I touched on it a little bit before, but I decided to use reading as the way to substitute my old habit of using my phone excessively. Maybe that's not your thing. Don't worry about it. There are so many thousands of other hobbies you can start getting into if you really want. 
Um, I've seen people start learning a new language through, I guess, like an, there's a language app called Duolingo. There's other websites. Um, I'm not sure. I think there's something called Rosetta Stone too. I'm not sure if that's still a thing anymore, but that's always an option. Who? Okay. How cool would it be if you're, you know, quarantined, you go back to work in a month and your coworkers are like, oh, you know, I didn't do anything. I sat and watched Netflix like me and didn't, you know, really do anything. And you go up to them and be like, I learned Italian. Blow their minds. Like it would literally blow their minds. I would give you a round of applause because that would be the coolest thing ever. Maybe you've always wanted to try yoga and since gyms are closed right now, it would be a great time of instead of watching cat videos on YouTube to pull up a beginner's yoga session on YouTube and learn how to do some beginner poses. I know a lot of people are using their phones and devices right now to stay in touch with their loved ones and I guess you could say that's another great way of using it. Instead of scrolling through Twitter for the whole time, constantly reading the news and, you know, being immersed in this whole situation, you could take your time and your mind away from it and talk to your loved ones. That's something positive that will help keep you motivated, keep you excited about the day. You'll look forward to talking to them, I'm sure, and that's a great, great method of distracting your mind from both your phone and the situation at hand. Another thing that I want to encourage that sounds a bit questionable at first, but I have really been enjoying it lately, is honestly just going outside and sitting in the fresh air for like 15 minutes a day. It sounds so bizarre, but because we are all not really experiencing a change of scenery lately, it's been so great to just take my time, leave my phone inside on the table, go and sit outside for 15 minutes and enjoy the fresh air. I've never realized how beautiful it is to hear the birds chirping, have the wind blowing through your hair and clothes, and just experiencing the beauty of the outdoors. If you're like me and you like to journal, take a pen and some paper or a book and go outside and journal for a little bit. Sometimes that's when your most amazing ideas will pop up and instead of typing so many emails and doing, you know, all of this technological work where you're working your fingers, go outside and just write for a little bit. It's the weirdest thing, but sometimes the feeling of just writing can be so relaxing in itself. So I definitely encourage that. And if you've never tried journaling before, now would be a fantastic time to try. Finally, the last and what I believe to be the most important way that we can best utilize our time right now is by refocusing it towards Jesus. We are in a situation right now in dire need of prayer. There are households and jobs being disrupted by this virus so what a better way to promote positivity and encouragement and love in this stressful situation than by introducing jesus into the equation one tip that i have for maybe rekindling your relationship with the lord or if you don't really know where to start is by designating a space in your personal environment that is meant for you two to meet so i know recently i just made a corner of my room solely meant for bible study and prayer and it has transformed my relationship with christ Previously, I used to read my Bible in my bed or at my desk, and when I read it at my bed, I used to get really sleepy and tired because, you know, that's a space meant for sleeping. And when I used to read it at my desk, that's a space more so for work and focus, so I would get kind of really stressed out or feel like, you know, I'm crunched for time. So I decided to create this space in my room that's meant for just me and the Lord to me, and it has been so great. There are so many ways to get connected with the Lord right now too. There's churches doing online services and masses and worship. 
So definitely try to get plugged into one of those. There's a bunch of them available on YouTube. Even before opening your Bible, just saying a quick prayer like, Lord, speak to me. What would you like me to read through this word today? What do you want me to learn and experience? And what do you want to reveal to me? And opening your Bible to a random page can be a great way to figure out what the Lord's trying to show you. If you don't know the Lord, I encourage you to use this time also to learn about him. Google who Jesus is. Google who the Lord is. What is the Bible? These type of questions can help you get a foundation about your relationship with the Lord and help you discover more about him and maybe if you're interested in getting to know him more. I firmly believe that this time home and spent with family is God's way of calling his children back home to say, listen, you always say you're busy. You always say, you know, later or another time. Right now I'm giving you as much time as you need. So again, I think the best way to utilize your time right now and also find ease in this situation is to seek God and spend time in the word, studying scripture and fostering and strengthening your relationship with God. Alrighty, that is the end of episode one. Thank you so much for listening and staying with me all the way through. It was so great to be able to sit down and talk with you. I know it's a little short for podcasts, 20 minutes, you know, it's on the shorter end, but I wanted to keep it short and sweet for my first episode. Not bombard you guys with too much content just yet, but regardless, I am again so thankful you're here and that you listened and I cannot wait to talk to you guys in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to Freely Yourself and remember to stay true to the Lord and stay true to you. Talk to you soon. Bye.